is debris, branches down, trees down. And Giovanni, he works in the tree part. He works in land management, you know, and things like that, recycling. So he had to work. He has to work today. And Steve Altman works in Tico. And so he's been running 16-hour days, 6 to 10, the last three days. And he said he's doing a little fair. He's fair to Midland because, you know, it's not easy doing that. So we need to keep them in our prayers. But it's really good to see you all here. And I was, I was thinking of our time, and, and, and one of the purposes of singing is just that God would give us a glad heart, which is the first song we're going to be uh, singing. But I want to read from Psalm 100, then I'll pray. It says, Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. And know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. His faithfulness to all generations. And the first song is, he has made me glad. And and God indeed has made us glad. But one of the keys to knowing and experiencing the, the gladness of God in our hearts is being thankful is being ones who are praising him, being ones who are singing to him, as this psalm says here. Father, we do thank you for this time. We bless you for, again, bringing us here together. And we are thankful. We know what's happened this last week, and and we're just thankful that we can be gathered together as a church. Many Christians around the state, particularly south and, and east of us, cannot. But, Lord, we know that you're sovereign. We know that you work all things together for good. And we know that you want to teach us from the storm. But we just pray for this time today, this whole service time, this worship time. And uh, thank you that we can sing to you. Thank you that you're the one that makes us glad. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad.
The next song is I Sing the Mighty Power of God. The song is really all about creation, which relates directly to our message. But I want to read the third stanza. It really relates to what I'm talking about. There's not a plant or flower below, but makes thy glories known. And clouds arise and tempests blow by order from thy throne. While all that borrows life from thee is ever in thy care. And everywhere that we can be, thou God art present there. I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies. I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day. The moon shines full at his command, and all the stars obey. I sing the goodness of the Lord that filled the earth with food. He formed the creatures with his word and then pronounced them good. Lord, have I wonders all displayed where I turn my eye. If I survey the ground I tread, or gaze upon the sky. There's not a plant or flower below, but makes thy glories known. And clouds arise and tempests blow by order from thy throne. While all that borrows life from thee is ever in thy care. And everywhere that we can be, thou God art present there. Be seated, please. We're talking today about the work of God through the weather, but the greatest work of God is through his son, Jesus Christ, his story of salvation. And this song is all about giving God the glory for what he's done for us. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. Who yielded his life an atonement for sin And opened the life gate that all may go in Praise the Lord, praise the Lord Let the earth hear his voice Praise the Lord, praise the Lord Let the people rejoice Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Oh, perfect redemption, the purchase of blood, 
to every believer the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Great things he hath taught us, great things he hath done. And great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father, through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he hath done. The next song is All Hail the Power. If it was up to me, I would have titled the song Crown Him Lord of All because that's more the theme of this song. And it relates to really everybody in the whole world who are believers worshiping him and praising him and crowning him Lord of all. All hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Ye chosen seed of Israel's race, Ye ransomed from the fall, hail him who saved you by his grace, and crown him Lord of Hail him who saved you by his grace, and crown him Lord of let every kindred, every tribe on this terrestrial bow to him my majesty ascribe and crown him 
song and crown him Lord of all we'll join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all The final song before the reading and the message is I See the Lord. It's from Isaiah chapter 6 verses 3 and it's, it's a song as we sing, we can understand this spiritually in our hearts and our walk with the Lord, but really it refers to the future. It's, it's, it's about what's going to happen in the millennial kingdom, and, and then Christ will be on his throne in Jerusalem, and we will then physically see him, and then the whole earth will be filled with his glory. So that will be a most wonderful time. We can sing it now. Indeed, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. I see the Lord seated on the throne, exalted, and the train of his robe fills the temple with glory, and the whole earth is filled, and the whole Earth is filled, and the whole earth is filled with His glory. Holy, 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 holy is the train of his robe fills the temple with glory, and the whole earth is filled, and the whole earth is filled, and the whole earth is filled with his glory. Holy, 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 holy,
Good morning. Today's reading is Isaiah chapter 40, verses 12 to 26. And um, feel free to read from a Bible that you brought yourself or one in the pew, or uh, just be blessed by listening. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? and marked off the heavens by the span, and calculated the dust of the earth by the measure, and weighed the mountains in a balance, and the hills in a pair of scales. Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord, or, has, or as his counselor has informed him? With whom did he consult, and who gave him understanding, and who taught him in the path of justice, and taught him knowledge, and informed him of the way of understanding. Behold, the nations are like a drop in a bucket, and are regarded as a speck of dust in the scales. Behold, he lifts up the islands like fine dust. Even Lebanon is not enough to burn, nor its beast enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him, they are regarded by him as less than nothing and meaningless. To whom, then, will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare to him? As for the idol, a craftsman cast it, a goldsmith plates it with gold, and a silversmith fashions chains of silver. He too, who is too impoverished for such an offering selects a tree that does not rot, he seeks out for him a skilled craftsman to prepare an idol that will not totter. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood him from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He it is who reduces rulers to nothing, who makes the judges of the earth meaningless. Scarcely have they been planted, scarcely have they been sown, scarcely has their stock taken root in the earth. But he merely blows on them, and they wither, and the storm carries them away like stubble. To whom, then, will you liken me, that I would be his equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars, the one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them all by name because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one of them is missing. 
Father God, I thank you because you are all powerful. Lord, you have proved that you have power over nature, that you have power over the nations and the kings of this earth. And Lord, there is no one else to compare to you. Um, the, the, the Lord, you, Lord, are the creator of the entire universe. Uh, looking up into the stars as far as the James Webb telescope can look, as far as any technology can look into the peer into the universe, they will find your handiwork. And Lord, you count the stars and you protect them one by one. In the same way, you look over us. Lord, each, each of our souls here, each of us who is, uh, who is loving you and is following you, you look over us and you keep us and you protect us. Uh, until the day of your return or the day that we meet you. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a pastor who uh, loves your word, who loves us, and who loves you. Uh, thank you for giving us an opportunity to worship you in music, in the, pre in the hearing, in the reading of the word, and the preaching of the same. And I pray that we would take to heart what our pastor has to preach to us. In your name we pray, amen. I wanted Jeff to read from Isaiah 40 because it speaks about God and his power and how great and how glorious he is. And in view of what's happened this past week, uh, that's what God wants us to do is to look to him, to see that he is God, that he is glorious, that he is powerful, that he is one who's sovereign, but he's also one who's merciful and kind and gracious. That is our God. Um, I want to look again. We've talked about this before. In fact, I believe we read this last week, Job 37. Lessons from the storm, Job 37. We're going to go into chapter 36 as well. But God does all he can to get our attention. All he can to get us to stop thinking about ourselves and worldly things and to be thinking about him. And there's no doubt that God was using Hurricane Ian to get us to look to him, to get us to be focusing on him. And today we're going to look at Job 37 and 6 and see that what it says about the weather, probably the best chapter in weather in the whole Bible, at least in my opinion, and see what it says about how we are to focus on the Lord and really then to fear him and to be humble before him. Turn to Job 37. Let's start there. Job's right before the book of Psalms. Job 37.1 says, At this also my heart trembles and leaps from its place. So here's Elihu. He's, Job's not writing this part. Elihu is. And he's the writer. And, and his heart is pounding. And it's because of, of what, was, what was said in chapter 36. So we need to go back there. I want you to turn to chapter 36. I'm going to read all the way from 22 to the end of the chapter. Then make some comments about it. Verse 22 of chapter 36, Behold, God is exalted in his power. Who is a teacher like him? 
who has appointed him his way and who has said you have done wrong? Remember that you should exalt his work of which men have sung. All men have seen it. Man beholds from afar. Behold, God is exalted and we do not know him. The number of his years is unsearchable for he draws up the drops of water. They distill rain from the mist which the clouds pour down. They drip down upon man drip upon man abundantly. Can anyone understand the spreading of the clouds, the thundering of his pavilion? Behold, he spreads his lightning about him, and he covers the depths of the sea. For by these he judges peoples. He gives food in abundance. He covers his hands with the lightning and commands it to strike the mark. His noise declares his presence, the cattle also, concerning what is coming up. So I'm going to just make a, a few comments about this. Back to 20. Verse 22, the first point is God is exalted. He's glorified by his works and by the power of his works. And we think about Hurricane Ian, that's obvious. Charlie, 18 years ago, was a storm about a third of the size. This was huge. It was mammoth, this storm. And it shows his, his power. We read specifically here about the thunder and the lightning and the rain, which is all elements of this storm. Second point is we re- understand that Job's a, God's a teacher. And God uses the weather and really all creation to teach us about himself. And from the weather, God teaches us that he is powerful. He teaches us that he is also good and that he is wise. Third thing we understand is that God creates the weather. There's no such thing as Mother Nature. It sort of gets me when I hear people say that, the weather people. There's no such thing as Mother Nature as some an animate or random force that makes the weather. What's it say in these verses? God draws up the drops of water. He spreads his lightning. That is, rain doesn't just fall. Lightning doesn't just happen. God is in charge of every bit of the weather. And so he's, he's, God is not just powerful. And what these verses say, we read there, he has the wisdom and understanding to know both how and why Both those words are important. How and why to create every raindrop and every snowflake and every bit of ice, every ice particle, and every bit of wind. All that happened, everything. You think about this. Every raindrop God was in charge of, was behind, was causing. Every bit of wind, every lightning strike is all from the Lord. Now, meteorologists may understand a few things about the weather, but they sure don't know everything. And they sure don't know how to make the weather. Last Sunday I was here, and in the morning I remember I was, you know, I follow the models pretty closely. And the models, if you remember last Sunday morning, were saying, hey, this storm is going up to the panhandle, right? You remember that? And the next day, Monday, Tuesday, hey, it's maybe coming to Tampa here. And we all remember that. We all knew that. Well, we know what happened to Wednesday, right? It kept shifting east and south, kept shifting east and south. So it was really pretty far away really far away. It just, it really just amazed me what, what God did there. And, 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 and the thing about this is the weatherman couldn't predict the weather two days ahead of time. God knew all about this weather in eternity past. Every single thing about the weather. Exactly where you're at, every person, the 20 million people in the state we're at, he, he, he know, knows all those things. And with that then, God commands the weather to do exactly what he wants it to do. It says that God causes lightning to strike the mark. Did you get that? 
God causes lightning. That is every stroke of lightning to strike the mark. Lightning isn't random, but it's purposely and powerfully and precisely directed by God to do exactly what he wants it to do. What's, what's one thing that amazed me about this, and you might have heard this, Hurricane Charlie landed at a place, we, we know that we say Punta Gorda or Fort Myer area. Specifically, it was Coya Costa, a little place in Sanibel Island. And that's exactly, exactly where Hurricane Ian struck. Now, isn't that something? I remember hearing one of the weathermen say, well, that's amazing. Well, it, yeah, it is. It's one of those 10 million to one things, but God did it. And you have to think, man, is God speaking to the people down there? The same place as 18 years ago as Hurricane Charlie, another Category 4 storm? That, that's something. And so God created, commanded, and caused Hurricane Ian to fill his, fulfill his purposes. He wants it to affect people's hearts. He wants people to see that he caused this storm. And in fact, then, this storm is his storm. This is God's storm, whether you like that thought or not. This is God's storm. And God wants people to be humbled by the storm, to see that he is great, that he is beyond our understanding, as it says in those verses there, that he is holy and that he can do whatever he wants us to do, wants to do. Now, the amazing thing, and again, I, I, I was watching, I mean, I watch, I follow the news on this. I like to see what's going on and relate to what God is doing. Probably the most amazing picture I saw on TV was a, was a picture of the rainfall. You might have seen this, okay? The rainfall. Now, I don't know if you saw, saw the news. It said that Tampa at the airport, as recorded the airport, is 1.9 inches of rain. Get that? 1.9. So here, let's, let's, look at it. let's look at Florida, this peninsula part of Florida. It's down here. We're over here. Daytona's up here. Got it in your minds? On this rainfall map, it showed a clear line going south of Tampa to the, to the north of Daytona. And above that line is all this green. And the green in the map means not much rain. We got 1.9. Daytona, 24 inches. Titusville, Cape Canaveral, 25 inches. Kissimmee, 19 inches. And further south, you know, Fort Myers, lots of rain. Lots of rain. God was in charge. And I know you prayed, and you said, man, God answered a prayer. Yes, he did. He did. And as part of this upper-level trough that came down and pushed it, you know, that was how God, I don't understand, but that's what I hear. And so this line, it was so clear that if you see that, that picture, I said, wow, it's a clear line, this line of demarcation. Not much rain above, lots of rain below. God did that. God was in charge of that. Next, God used the weather for his purposes. This is one that's maybe difficult to understand, but it says it clearly there, and it's going to say it again in chapter 37. In chapter 36, it says it for two purposes, primarily uses to judge to correct dis- discipline. And, and we particularly see that with storms like this Hurricane Ian that are very destructive, that are extremely devastating. And so God is judging. Now, again, I don't know how all God works that with every single person involved, but there's no doubt there's this element of judging. Then we also see that God used it for good. We understand the rain. I mean, I thought about this, and this may seem a little strange, but I thought, you know, we, that 1.9 inches of rain was good for my yard. That's what we got. That's, that was good. I'm glad for that. You know, I didn't want 10 or 20. We didn't get it. The point is God is good. He uses the rain to help grow crops, to bring 
food. There's, there's verses. In fact, turn in your Bibles to Amos. Amos chapter 4. You have um, Hosea, Joel, Amos is right after there. Amos chapter 4. I want you to see this. Verse 7. Just an example of how God uses weather. Verse 7. Furthermore, I withheld the rain from you while there were still three months until harvest. We know what that means, right? Three months of harvest, man, no crops. Then I would send rain on one city, and on another city I would not send rain. One part would be rained on, while the part not rained on would dry up. So we didn't get much rain. That was God's doing. Part south, parts east, got lots more rain. Turn, this is to the right, look to, to Nahum. It's a small little book. Few books over, right after Micah. Find Micah, you're close. Go to Nahum. Look at verses two and three. Nahum verses chapter one, that is verses two and three. Verse two: A jealous and avenging God is the Lord. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserves wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and the Lord will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. In whirlwind and storm is his way. Hurricane is the whirlwind, right? We understand that. In whirlwind and storm is his way, and clouds are the dust beneath his feet. And, and I have to be careful when I talk about this, because I'm not saying everybody south of this line I just mentioned is being judged. I don't know what God's doing in the hearts of people. I know the general truths that are mentioned here. God judges, and God shows his goodness. And there's a lot of believers south of that line. And I have to think that God is, as it says in Romans 8, 28, working all things together for good, even this storm. So I think we can at least say that for all the Christians, that God is using it in their lives for their good. And if we back up and think about salvation, two elements of salvation, really, on our part. We're to repent and believe. Repent of our sin, that relates to being corrected and judged, and believe in the goodness and the mercy and the love of God, the death of Christ for us, his resurrection. That's it. So in one hand, you can see that with a storm. God judges, but God also wants to show mercy. He wants to be good. He wants to show his goodness. We continue lessons from, this is Job 36. The noise of weather declares God's presence. Understand that. Thunder, the train sound of a tornado, the whooshing, whistling wind of a hurricane, all declare the presence of God. And yes, I was in the house, but it wasn't as no. We had a hurricane back 10, 12 years ago. It was a little more fearful. You can be afraid, and you you, you hear people on the TV, and that's probably the biggest thing. They were afraid, and, and rightly so. As believers, we may be afraid of noises, these storms, but take comfort because it means that God is present with us, that he's omnipresent, in fact, that he's always with us. Now, these sounds should cause the unbeliever to not just know that God is present, but that God is powerful and that God is holy and that he is one to be greatly, greatly feared.
What we also see here, God uses the noise of the, uh, of the storms for the animals. How come? <laughs> they know. <laughs> let's, let's take shelter. Let's get away from this storm. We have a, a cat that comes in our backyard a lot and catches squirrels and things. I haven't seen that cat for four days now. I don't know what happened to this cat. So it hid, right? And that's, I assume, it's someplace. Hopefully it's safe. But, but God uses it for the animals too. Back to Job 37. And I'm going to look at verse 1. Verse 1 says, At this also my heart trembles and leaps from its place. I mentioned this before. Elihu, the writer of this psalm, says his heart is trembling. His heart is, 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 is beating strongly. That's what's going on. And so too the weather. And the fact, and this is important, the weather itself, and unbelievers are afraid of the weather, but the weather and the fact that God caused the weather and made the weather should affect our hearts too, right? So not just going through some storm and some, oh, there's some weather out there. You realize, you think about this, God was behind the weather. And should it affect, and some of you might have been afraid and your heart started pounding, physically speaking. But more importantly, how should it affect your heart? Spiritually, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's what we're talking about here. God uses, wants to use the weather to wake us up, to get our attention, to show us his character and then to show us his work. And as people, I, I, I'd have to think that probably one of the top five, maybe top ten things that people complain about is the weather, right? You're at work or you go places and complain about the weather, too hot, too cold, whatever. Don't complain. Never, ever complain about the weather. Don't do that. Be thankful. He says, thank you, God. You're in charge of this weather. You brought this weather to our land. And there's no doubt then God was using Hurricane Ian to get our attention, to get our eyes off ourselves, and then to humble us and to teach us about himself. Verse 2. We're going to go through these verses here. Listen closely to the thunder of his voice and the rumbling that comes, goes out from his mouth. This says that the thunder is God's voice. It's God's voice. That he speaks through the thunder. Now, God speaks, we understand, in two ways. There's a phrase called the general revelation. That means that God speaks through nature. He speaks through creation. He speaks through the weather. And the word or phrase specific revelation means that God speaks through his word. So we could say it this way. God speaks through the weather. God speaks through the word. Turn to Psalm 19. These verses better than any clearly make this point. Psalm 19. I just want to read the first seven verses. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. So the heavens are telling, they're declaring, they're speaking. 
Day-to-day day pours forth speech, and night-to-night night reveals knowledge. There's no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their utterance is to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run his course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them. And there's nothing hidden from its heat. Now we change. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And the rest of the chapter talks about the word of God. So it's the, it's the weather. It's his creation. God speaks through that. We read this also in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. General revelation, specific revelation, God then speaks through his word. Job 37 then is focusing on what? On general revelation. The fact that God is speaking through the weather. It says there, Job 37, listen closely. Listen closely. Listen closely. Closely, When you hear God's voice, whether it's through the weather or through his word, you are to listen closely. Ask God what he is speaking to you. Ask God what he is saying. Ask God what he wants you to learn. God, indeed, as believers, he's personal with us. He wants us to know him and to love him and to trust him and to follow him. That's what he wants. Verse 3, chapter 37. Under the whole heaven he lets it loose and is lightning to the ends of the earth. See that? God speaks to everyone in the world. He says, under the whole heaven. That's what he wants to do. God wants every person in the world to hear his voice as he speaks it through creation, as he speaks it through the weather. As you know this, every place in the world's got weather, right? Every place. Every place has got weather. Verses 4 and 5. After it, a voice roars. He thunders with his majestic voice, and he does not restrain the lightnings when his voice is heard. God thunders with his voice wondrously, doing great things which we cannot comprehend. God's voice is majestic and wonderful. It's powerful. It's perfect. It's, it's, it's beautiful, his voice. His voice is, God's voice is unique. There's no other voice in the whole world like the voice of God. Speaking here, of course, how God speaks through his work, how he speaks through his creation, the weather. Go to Psalm 29, which we'll not look at. It really talks there a lot about the voice of the Lord. And you can read that sometime, the same subject here. Verse 5. God, verse 